You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey, yo, Josh, let me get a little bit of reverb. Yeah. J. Will. Yeah, I'm about that lifestyle. I talk ring work, repping it all over. It's right on the T-shirt. Been for a lifetime. Yeah, that's a long pass. Figure I would show some love right on the podcast. Turn this up loud and make sure you don't do nothing else. Cause if you're listening to us, then you're improving your health. My name is Jay Will. Welcome to the show, yeah. Wrestle, flow, 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 yeah. What is up, everybody? This is Wrestling Reverb. I am Josh. Kevin is here. I really just accentuated that what then. I don't know why. But hey, I'm sticking to my guns, Kev. I said a few weeks ago that I've just been introducing this show like, what is up? But I really went the... I really held that note for the what then. (laughs) What is up, Josh Robinson? Uh, Kevin is here. He's ready to go. I'm speaking in the third person. It's something that happens sometimes. But uh, the kid's ready. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm feeling it. I'm. I'm ready. I'm in this kind of like non-caring mood. I'm just like, whatever. Let's just get this going. You know. I'm just like, no stress, no pressure. Um, Kev, we were so uh, guys. We we're originally going to record this last night my time. We're recording on Thursday morning my time. But I have a little bit of a story to tell, Kev, and you're gonna. You're going to appreciate this. It's not very long. It's quite. It's probably going to be quite a shitty story, but you'll appreciate it at least. So yesterday at work, everyone kind of knows that I live in a somewhat small town near Adelaide, so there's not a lot of wrestling fans around. However, Kevin, yesterday, I was working, just minding my own business. I looked to the left of me, and there is a teenage girl. Well, I think she was a teenager. She looked like a teenager, wearing a Mandy Rose shirt. <laughs> Oh my God, you must have been in heaven. I was like looking and I was just like, I, I kind of did the whole, I looked and then looked again and I'm like, that's a Mandy Rose shirt. And I'm like, okay, first things first, I can't stare for too long because this is a teenage girl and I shouldn't be staring at young girls for one. I don't want to be doing that. Um, For two, I didn't want to stand there and be like assessing the situation and being like, why is this girl wearing a Mandy Rose shirt? And then going in my head and being like, holy shit, there's another wrestling fan near me. And they like Mandy Rose. I mean, you know that I like Mandy Rose, Kev. So <laughs> you could imagine yeah. I just kind of was oh. like walking around like, oh shit. <laughs> but that's the story. But hey, there was you, someone wearing a Mandy say, Rose shirt. Did you say anything? No. <laughs> I didn't say a oh. word. I didn't say a fucking word. <laughs> Come on. You got to just walk up to her and be like, man. Oh man, I wish I could have. Uh, should <laughs> that actually be? That be very inappropriate. <laughs> it would be, wouldn't it? Just going up to this young girl and Mandy. Imagine if she. I didn't. I didn't remember. I couldn't really. I don't know if she was with like parents or friends or anybody. I can't really. I just looked at the Mandy Rose shirt. Honestly, I mean, she may as well have been a like a you know faceless person to be honest. Because I was just like, oh, Mandy Rose. I mean, have yeah, anyone, it's not anyone, about the person. It's about the T-shirt. Well, yeah, it is that. Has anyone person. actually ever seen those Mandy Rose shirts? Because they're ugly. They're not good shirts, but hey, Mandy Rose. So, Mandy you know. Rose, man. That's like when I see people on the street wearing Bullet Club shirts, and I throw them the two sweet, even though, even though they're total strangers. And like oh God, 95% yes. of the time, 
it's cool and like they too sweet me back and we're all cool. But every so often you catch one where it's like, and this does happen when I was in school, this happened more often than now. But like every so often you'd catch somebody where they'd have the, they have a bullet club shirt on or just a wrestling shirt in general. And I'd throw up the too sweet and they'd look at me like I was an idiot. They would look at me like I, they had no clue what was going on. And I felt like such an asshole. <laughs> I, I love when you see, cause you don't really see wrestling shirts everywhere. So you're like, oh my God, that person likes wrestling. So therefore they automatically get a buy and being like cool in some like, okay, you understand what I understand. But like the only time I really ever have seen like lots of wrestling shirts in one place is when I was in Melbourne last year for Super Showdown and that weekend was just wrestling fans everywhere. Um, and it was just like, oh my God, I remember like my sister saying to me, she's like, it's so weird seeing everyone just like wearing wrestling shirts. I'm like, I know this is cool. I wish I was in an area where, well, I guess, I guess it's just the world though. I mean, it's not really, wrestling isn't perceived as cool, is it? I don't, I don't know, but it was just cool to see like less of I think we're getting to a time where it's a little bit more cool. I mean, I never used to be one that would wear openly wear wrestling shirts everywhere because everyone would be like, what the fuck, you watch wrestling? Now I don't give a shit, and it's like majority of my wardrobe is just wrestling t-shirts, so um, I don't re- really... Like, I walked around the other day in a Brie Mode shirt. Do you really think I cared? No. People were looking at me no. like, what the fuck is Brie Mode? Cle- like, Clearly, with that Brie Mode shirt, you don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like, I... I don't <laughs> care. And if anyone asked me what Brie mode was, I would be like, really? It's it's getting hammered. It's getting wasted. So, I mean. <laughs> I uh, I throw on wrestling at work like all the time now. I have two yeah. I have two monitors with at my, at my little cubicle. I have two computer screens. So one I do work on and the other one I throw on the network or I throw on NJPW World or even even sometimes because there's TVs, but I'm a, I'm still a little self conscious about throwing Raw or SmackDown on the TV for everyone to watch. Yeah. So I'll like I'll like log into my USA to my like my t- television provider so I can watch it on the computer. Yeah, and I'll do, I'd be like that. I'd be like that though. I'd be like, ooh, TV wrestling. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not. I'm still working up the courage to do that. But at, but literally, like every day, someone says something to me like, "Why are you watching wrestling?" I'd be like, "Because it's fucking awesome." Yeah, I'm like that too. I'm exactly the same. Like if I'm up in like the lunchroom, like upstairs at work, like on my break, um, you can put stuff on the TV. Like you know, like there's a big TV, but I'll just watch something on my phone. And if someone happens to walk past, like everyone kind of knows me at this point. They're all like, "Okay, that's the wrestling guy." You know, he likes pro wrestling so they most of them kind of just let me do my own thing but someone will be like why are you watching that and i'll literally turn to them and i'll be like because it's fucking great that's why and like i get into arguments with, like there'll be little like people at work that like take little jabs be like oh like don't listen to josh he watches pro wrestling that stuff's fake and i just love turning around and being like getting right up at them being like what's your favorite movie and they're like i don't know let's say they like um star wars and i'll be like you know, Star Wars is is fake, and they'll be like, "You fuck off." I'm like, "Yeah." Wait, Star Wars fake. is fake? Yeah, yeah, I know, Kev. Sorry to break it to you. Star Wars isn't well, real. I love Star well, Wars. No me. hate on Star. No hate on Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars guy. <laughs> that was a bad example, but I mean, it is still not real. But so is wrestling. Wrestling isn't real, but we all love it. Um, it's real to me, damn it. Yeah, it's still real to me. Um, that reminded me of a story last year when I was in Melbourne. Um, for Super Showdown. Did I ever tell you that I was sitting in 
you guys obviously have KFC. KFC is wonderful. KFC is a lovely fast yeah. food establishment. And I was just chilling. And um, the second best, uh, the second best fried chicken fast food restaurant there is. Is it set? I, well, uh, it would be probably first here. But what's the what's the first? Do you guys have Popeyes? No. Okay, Popeyes is amazing. It's like Southern style, like New Orleans style grilled chi- fried chicken. It's amazing. But KFC is also very good. But anyway, I was just sitting in, in KFC and um, we were at, like at the like eating in like inside the KFC and we turned around and Bobby Lashley walked past. Oh no, like, you never told me that. What the fuck? I just probably have never brought it up. It wasn't like a cool moment where I went up and got his autograph or something. I just kind of looked around and he like walked in front of the KFC and I said to like the people I was with my sister and her boyfriend. And I was like, that was Bobby Lashley. They were like, oh my god. And then we just kind of went, oh. <laughs> and just kind of carried on with our meal. <laughs> it was all like wow. it was odd. What a story! I know. We just kind of looked at him like, "There's Bobby Lashley," because like it's like we were like look, second guessing, like was that Bobby Lashley? But it's like it was Bobby Lashley. Like it's pretty hard to not like you see. Not him a lot of like, people okay, look like exactly. Bobby Lashley. Yeah. He had his like glasses on, and he was just like walking. He must have just been exploring Melbourne while they were there for Super Showdown, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, okay, cool. Well, it was Bobby Lashley. I wish I was outside of KFC. I probably would have asked for his autograph, but huh. um, yeah, I was just like, hey, there was Bobby Lashley, and yep, we just carried on eating our chicken. It was good chicken. Oh, of course. It was like right in the city of Melbourne. Like There was a lot of people around. It took a long time to get that chicken. I was not getting out of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Melbourne is a busy place. If anyone anyone that's listening to this that's been to Melbourne or it's probably, well, I guess Sydney would be the busiest city in Australia. But Melbourne is like the entertainment capital of Australia. And it's just like madness. I love Melbourne to bits. I want to move to Melbourne. Sign me up for Melbourne. But I miss Melbourne. Um, anyway, enough with story time, I guess. Coming up this weekend is Clash of Champions. And... I feel like it's been a little while since we've sat down and just done a, a nice little rundown show, a nice little prediction show. I don't feel like we've done that in a little while, Kev. It feels like it's been a while since the last pay-per-view, which was SummerSlam, but it, it does feel like it's been a while. Well, you and went here for the SummerSlam even... Go Home podcast. I, I had to do That's that one on my correct. own. So I I'm guess... Sorry. When was the, what was the pay-per-view before Extreme was Rules? Was it... Extreme Rules? Or yeah. Yeah. yeah I want to so. say it was. I guess we did a... I don't know if we did a rundown show for that, but hey, we're doing it now. We're, we're you know, we're in this kind of whatever mood where we're just kind of like... And the best thing about this is that because of Kevin's job, he's kind of in and out of watching Raw and SmackDown. So um, this is going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, my analysis may not be there for everything. It may be a little uh, askew, but I think that's going to add to the to the to the good times that this <laughs> podcast has to offer. Oh yeah. Um. Well, let's get let's get right into it here. Um. Of course, Clash of Champions is the one night of the year where every single WWE Championship is defended. So there is four hundred and thirty four matches on the card. Um. I hope you're ready to run them all down because there's a lot of fucking titles. Um. But first, the 24-7 championship is not listed on here, obviously, because it's not like a booked championship match. But shouldn't that be defended at Clash of Champions? Well, you would think so. Every championship must be defended. 
That's a championship. I don't even know who the hell holds it right now. Is it still our truth? Yeah, basketball player won it at Roar and then lost yeah, it. Yeah, Enos, Enos Cantor won it on like main event or something. I did see that on Twitter. Which is, is he the one that dated Dana Brooke? Maybe? I don't know basketball, so I don't really know that guy. But okay. he, he, was like a, he was like an average player. Oh, cool. So, <laughs> Sweet. Pretty good offense. Pretty decent offensive basketball player. Oh. Well, yeah, the 24-7 title technically, I guess, can be defended anytime. So I guess technically it can be defended at Clash of Champions, but... It... And I'm assuming it most likely will be. Oh, it probably Not will be like... several times. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. Um, has that championship kind of fizzled? Is it fizzling? I don't know. I don't feel like it's, it's, it's as cool as it was. It's hard for me to say because I haven't been in. I've been in and out of watching the weekly television, so it's hard for me to say if it's fizzled because I haven't been paying as much attention to it. But then again, I haven't been paying as much attention to any of the championships, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a fair point of view. Mm, true. Okay, we'll disregard that question. I'm not really sure to be honest. Um, maybe I'm just. I don't know. It's still fine. Whatever. Um, anyway, let's kick off with the Women's Tag Team Championship match. We've got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross taking on Fire and Desire, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Now, um, first and foremost, let's be appreciative that the Women's Tag Team Championships are on the card. I know they kind of have to be, but they were at SummerSlam 2 on the kickoff. Um, the Women's Tag Team titles have been everything that I was assuming that they would be and that I was scared of when I got a little bit of people on Twitter being like, eh, you don't want these, like, what the hell? It's not that I didn't want the Women's Tag Team Championships, I just didn't think they were going to be treated very, they were going to be pushed to the bottom of the pack, and it's kind of been the case. However, I think Bliss and Cross having the championships is probably the best thing for the titles, yes? Right now, yeah. Um, People are paying more attention to the titles now than they ever were when they're on the Iconics, no offense, Josh. No, I don't. But... (laughs) No, I know, but they, it's not like they were really presented in a way for people to even, you know, have the opportunity to care about them. They yeah, never on that's television. a no. That's in that's in no way a knock on the Iconics because in a perfect world they they are the like quintessential women's tag team champions, but alas, the world is not perfect. They were presented as afterthoughts, and that's what the belts had become. Bliss and Cross, Bliss being like a true main eventer, yep, has added a little shine to the belts. And then it'll be interesting to see, because I think, you know, prediction time, I guess. I think Fire and Desire win the belts. Really? And it'll be interesting. I do. It'll be interesting to see where they go from there, because Mandy Rose has, like, a bit of that star power that Bliss has, but they haven't quite cultivated it yet. Oh, I am surprised at that. I am Bliss and Cross all the way. I don't think they drop the titles here at all, just for the case of the Women's Tag Team Championships have... Bliss, yeah, yeah. Bliss is a okay. So let's let's. I want to. I was kind of thinking about this the other day of how to execute this, but I'm just going to say it out loud. So if the women's division was booked into subdivisions, like you know how the we have you know main eventers, mid carders, you know whatever within the men, with the women, there is. I feel we can finally kind of say that there is subdivisions of the women's division. I feel like. We have enough stars that we have main eventers, we have mid-carders, and then we have kind of lower mid-carders. Bliss, Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, 
uh, Becky are all in that kind of main eventer kind of scene. Would you add anyone else into that kind of division of like top stars where you could put the the Raw SmackDown Women's title on and you could, you know, it doesn't seem odd. Maybe Nia before her injury. Oh yeah, Nia would be one that would be up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, there really isn't. I would say that would be the group, though, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, that would be it for for main eventers. And as then you've far got kind the... of the 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 upper mid card mid carders like Naomi and um, why am I blanking? Natalia, Natty. Yeah, Natty's a good spot for that. Maybe even Lacey. Lacey's probably at that spot now where she's kind of in in between. She's not really bottom of the barrel, but she's definitely not main event. She's in that kind of mid card area. Um, Lacey would be in there. Um, uh, oh God, see, there's so many. The problem with the women's division is not okay. The women's division is fantastic, and there's a lot of talent. However, they've put so many eggs in one basket with a few of their stars that there's so much in between that group, like the the kind of main event group, and the rest. I feel like that's yeah. A there's problem. a huge gap. Yeah, and I don't feel like like they. It's the same with like the men's division is that there's very few at the top, and then there's a very big gap between stars and the kind of rest of the card. There is a gap between everything, but I guess it's just obviously there's not as many women on the roster as there is dudes. But I guess the ratio would kind of be similar. But there is a very big gap between your kind of people that you can put the championship on, and then the ones you've got to raise to that level. Now, to your point with Mandy, I feel like they do have... There's a lot of potential with Mandy Rose. I feel like that's been a lot because she has a certain appeal. She has a certain look. She can get it done in the ring. I don't really... Uh, you know, a lot of people... I hate I hate when people say a certain wrestler can't wrestle because what the fuck do we know about wrestling? But Mandy Rose can. She can get it done in the ring. And I feel like you are right. There is something with Mandy. It's just what we haven't discovered it yet but i think potential would be the word with mandy yeah um but i i don't think bliss and cross lose it here i think we keep the titles just for the fact that they're on bliss and bliss can elevate them if they if they're really trying to um elevate the championships and who knows what happens with the women's tag team titles when if this supposed redraft happens um, and we go between Fox and, you know, with SmackDown and Raw and Fox and USA. Who knows what happens with the Women's Tag Team Championships? Maybe they don't float around anymore because of the, you know, the draft. Who knows? We we really don't know what's happening with that. Um, I do, I would be kind of silly to mention, not to mention this. Uh, how do you feel about the booking and the, the, whoever wrote that script for Mandy Rose of, on SmackDown? I don't know if you heard about this. Kevin, but uh, basically the promo was Mandy is beautiful and Nikki Cross is ugly. Yeah, Ugh. Nikki Cross just isn't ugly. N- no, uh, and that's just lazy writing to me. It is. It's lazy. I, and, I, and I get it because, like, Mandy Rose is that – that's, like, her character is that she's hot. Yeah. But they you could do so much more with her. Like, I don't know. I feel like they could do – they could do – they could do better. They definitely could do better. It's just like – like, yeah, okay – Let's play to... I understand Mandy's character and playing to the fact that, you know, she's a very hot person, very beautiful lady, but... And she kind of... Like, she's a heel. She's going to be like, yeah, I'm hot, you know, piss off, basically. But just being like, I'm beautiful and Nikki Cross is ugly, it's like... Uh, 
it's like, really? That's all you've got to write for that? Like, you couldn't think of anything else? For one, Nikki Cross is not ugly at all. Nikki Cross isn't. But even if she was ugly, is there really something else you could really do with this? There has to be. Uh, we've seen this time and time again where they go, and they go, like, some people were, I guess, surprised I saw that they, that they stooped to this level. I don't know why anyone would be surprised. We've seen it in the past plenty of times. Piggy James, for one, oh, and God, yeah. uh, fat-shaming Naya. Uh, the writers really don't know how to write for women. And that's probably because there aren't, to my knowledge, there really aren't that many female writers in the room. No. Dana Warrior is one. Um, well, from what we know. But they, they probably do either need to book more female writers that are, you know, that can write for wrestling or think. Have a fucking think about what you're, like, writing as, you know, for us. If, if I'm not, yeah. you know, well, I've never been one that's like, oh, my God, scripted promos are ruining WWE. Okay, a case can be said that that may be the case. But a scripted promo can still be good because there's still a person delivering it. And if you have a good writer writing a promo for you, they're really, you know, you're still speaking the words that they're writing. So maybe not be so... It's just... It's not that it's necessarily, like, horrendously bad writing. It's just that it's lazy. You could think of something better than I'm beautiful and you're ugly. I just think there's so many ways you could go about this. Why not talk about the fact that you want to be the women's tag team champions? It kind of writes itself. Yeah, like who the fuck is sitting in that writer's room thinking, all right, this is what's going to work. She's ugly. Let's call her ugly. That's what's going to work. How could you be that stupid? Yeah. And not only that, Last time I checked, this was a tag team match, and the only one that cut a promo was Mandy, and the only one she was talking about was Nikki. Why are we not talking about the fact that Bliss is also in this match, and Sonya Deville is standing right next to you? Why not give her a microphone and give her an opportunity to talk? That's what a good tag team is, is is kind of flourishing as a team, not just having... It seems like it's been... Well, I think it's always been presented this way. It's Mandy Rose featuring Sonya Deville. They're They're not presented on the same level. I love Sonya Deville, and they could do so much with her. She could be a dynamite character on both sides of the heel face spectrum. I agree. She's unique. She's a she's got great wrestling ability. She's she cuts a good promo. But yeah, they present they put her on they they present her as a sidekick rather as a tag team partner. Yep, I I agree completely, and I think. Both Mandy and Sonya have a lot of potential as a single as single stars. I haven't really seen them have a lot of potential together. I, I I just don't I just feel like they need to be separated and they need to flourish. I think it's time that we really turn up the fact that we've got a lot more women than the six mentioned at the you know, in that main event scene. There is a lot of women ready to kind of be um more than their they're, they're ready for opportunities. I think we've got a lot of women that have had hop opportunities that are no longer getting opportunities like Carmella, like Naomi, like Natty. Well, Natty just went through that. But um, there's a lot of women waiting to kind of, you know, be established like Sonya, like Mandy, like Liv Morgan, like well, when Ruby Riot comes back, I'd like to see Ruby Riot get a little bit more love and attention. There's just a lot of women ready to break out. Sarah Logan. I think Sarah Logan is one that they're kind of sleeping on. I think Dana's got a lot of of potential to kind of, you know, do a lot more than she's doing. But 
I mean, Sarah and Sarah and Dana are like quietly having some pretty intense matches over on main event, yep. and just no one knows because no one even remembers that main event exists. I see them on I, YouTube sometimes, like they just pop up, like you know, like people upload them to YouTube and it comes up and you recommend it, and I'll click on it sometimes. And these girls are doing. A lot more in the eight or nine minutes they're given on main event because there's less eyes on it. So there's probably less people telling them what they can and can't do. Yeah, it's probably less stilted and less, like, contrived. It's got to be more free-flowing. I haven't gotten to watch any of them. But I've seen bits and pieces of the feud on Twitter because, you know, everything happens on Twitter now. And... It, it seems like something that could make it to to, to main event television, to not to main event television, but it, it could make it to actual television. Yeah, I agree. I just think there's, I feel like I think like this is the thing with WWE. There's a lot of potential, and there's no opportunity, and it's changing slowly. Like we're seeing things with Chad Gable. It's great to see someone like Chad Gable get a, an opportunity to kind of break out from the pack because he's great. Buddy Murphy's been doing some great things. Um, Ali. Um, there's, there has been people that are breaking out of the pack, but I still feel like there's a lot of potential on that roster. There's just so many damn people on the roster that it's kind of like, Jesus, there's just, there's not room for everybody. But hey, optimism is the key and I'm sure everyone will get their chance when their time is, has come. But um, another match that's happening, speaking of potential... Um, that is happening at Clash of Champions is the United States champion AJ Styles will be defending his United States championship against Cedric Alexander. Now, when you talk about potential, I'm pretty sure Cedric would probably come to your mind. Yeah, dude, Cedric's been killing it from what I've seen the last couple of weeks. Uh, great matches in the King of the Ring tournament, great matches just in general. And this is a really big platform for him, a pay-per-view spot. A United States Championship match against the arguably the greatest in-ring worker in the world today, AJ Styles. That is going to be a barn burner of a oh, match. Yeah. I don't think Cedric wins, but I, I think that he puts on a great show and puts himself. He sort of cements himself as someone who's going to be in that upper mid card to you know fringe main event spot. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think AJ wins as well. I think this probably opens the show. Goes on first. Sets the bar for Clash of Champions. I believe Clash of Champions is in Charlotte, North Carolina. So, not really like a... The Queen City! Damn, that was good. Um, Not really like a, you know, quote-unquote wrestling city, is it? It's flair country, but it's not really like a smarky it's kind not, of... Yeah, it's not one you think of like... You, you, don't, you wouldn't put that with a Chicago or a Philly, no. you know? No, Um, but hey... It could, it, it's going to be a really good match, nonetheless. It's probably going to be, out of everything on paper, this will probably be one of the best matches on the card, probably. But, um, damn, it has a lot of potential. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I think AJ kind of... I think AJ wins here. And um, But, yeah, I think this is really the kind of breakout kind of match for Cedric. I mean, you, if you, you can't really have a bad match with AJ Styles. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> No, AJ Styles hasn't had a bad match since the American Revolution. He's just so good in the ring. And Cedric is so good in the ring. When's the last time Cedric Alexander had a bad That's match true for, that, too. for that match? That's very true. So it, it has all the all the uh, ingredients for a show-stealing uh, match at Clash of Champions. But 
Um, really not too much to kind of dissect in that one. Um, Intercontinental Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Miz. Um, now, Shinsuke is aligned with Sami Zayn, which was something I didn't think a month ago that would be happening, but I'm certainly fine with it. It is a odd pairing, but it works It works really well, which is, again, it's just like an odd couple. But Shinsuke has been the Intercontinental Champion since... Uh, Extreme Rules, I think he beat Finn. Yeah, Extreme Rules, he beat Finn. Um, so he's been the champ for a couple months. But Miz is kind of creeping up on Chris Jericho's record of nine Intercontinental Championship reigns. So that's why I think the Miz is probably going to win. I think the Miz is going to win too because we can never underestimate how petty Vince McMahon is. Yep. Um, just not- in that... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's not a knock on Vince, but it's just... It is Vince. Vince can be petty. But I mean, if I was Vince in this situation when you've got an AEW world champion and you don't really want to talk about him and you want to talk about the prestige of the Intercontinental Championship, I'd be like, I'd probably put it on The Miz as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, The Miz is the Intercontinental Champion. He's one of the top Intercontinental Champions of all time. Probably number two next to Jericho, in my opinion. It's debatable for me whether it's Miz or Jericho. Yeah, I mean, I think The Miz just makes the title. Whereas Jericho, you don't think of as... Even though he's a nine-time champ, technically ten, he held the the, uh, IWGP Intercontinental Championship as well. But um, when I think of the Intercontinental Championship, I think of The Miz more than I think of Jericho. Because I think of Jericho as like a world champ. I think of Jericho as doing so many different things. I think of Miz purely as an Intercontinental Champion. And just in the last couple of years, he's been so great with it. Um, yeah. That fuel off Ziggler he had in 2016 or 17 was mm, aces. It was good. But I think I think that, yeah, The Miz wins because Vince doesn't want Jericho to hold – he's pissed at Jericho pretty much. So, and it's funny. They had that whole retrospective on the network where they had like 20 intercontinental championship matches that defined the, uh, the title. I don't think Jericho was in one. Yeah, so they had, like, a roundtable of, like, Kathy Kelly hosted this roundtable with, like, Orton, Christian, and The Miz, and they talked about the IC title, and they didn't mention Jericho at all. Like, they kept mentioning the fact that Miz was near the record. They didn't mention Jericho at all. And Randy Orton, of all people, because Randy Orton doesn't give a fuck, goes, um, are we going to talk about Chris Jericho, or are we not allowed? <laughs> Jeez, I didn't see that. Randy Orton truly gives no fucks. He was he, is, he was throwing f bombs on this thing. The amount of bleeps on this, he didn't give a fuck. Kathy, Ke- he was like, "Sorry, I'm cussing all the time." Kathy Kelly's like, "It's fine, they'll bleep it." And he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna keep doing it." I'm like, "Hell yeah, Randy Orton." Randy Orton is he's he's been there so long. It's just he can do whatever he wants now. Yeah, it's not like what they're gonna what are they gonna like punish randy orton i don't think randy would really care for one um and he's too big of a star he's too big of a star yeah and you know they play favorites and you just you have a guy with the star power of randy orton he's not going to get in trouble for things and it's a small thing i mean it's it's not like he's doing anything that bad cussing is like commonplace anymore yeah but um yeah so they didn't mention they had like a like, because that whole IC title week to celebrate the 40 year, what, 40 years of the IC title. So, um, it was, they had this, like, the by the numbers, like, you know, they do, like, the Royal Rumble by the numbers. They had, like, a by the numbers for, 
um, the icy title, like how many times is like how many days and blah, 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 blah. And they did mention Jericho. They had a whole thing on him because it's like Chris Jericho is a nine time champ. He's one at the most, but I was like, okay, so they're mentioning Jericho. They're not completely erasing him from everything, but they really do. Uh, it is noticeable when they don't talk about him because he has so much history in the WWE. Jericho is still a WWE guy to me, and I don't really care what anyone says. He's not an AEW. Like, he's in. A, he's a WWE guy in AEW. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that I, – I do, and I do think he'll be back, not to wrestle necessarily, but he'll be back in the WWE fold before long, I think. I think so, too. It would be only fitting. You cannot. He cannot end his career anywhere else than the place that made him Chris Jericho. If they bring back guys like Ultimate Warrior and they induct Randy Savage into the Hall of Fame and Bret Hart is in the is in the fold, uh, Chris Jericho, it, he'll be back. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Jericho is. He is Jericho. He is one of the greatest of all time. Um. Certainly my all-time favorite, but um, I'm so fucking sick of a little bit of bubble, a little bit of the bubbly that can that can die a slow uh, death. I, I'm just I'm done not. With it. I enjoy it. I think it's quite enjoyable. Everywhere, I'm just like I'm so. It was funny at the start, and I was like, "This is hilarious." A little bit of the bubble, and then it was just everywhere, and I'm like, "Shut up!" Like everything you click on would just be that. It's kind of died down now, but whatever's. Um, so you're going Miz. I'm going Miz. Uh, what do we got else? What do we got else? What else have we got? Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships. The New Days, Big E and Xavier Woods taking on The Revival. Um, well, I guess this is just happening because of the association with Kofi and Randy. Um, how do you feel about The Revival and Randy Orton being somewhat a unit? I think it's kind of fun. Um, gives The Revival something to do. It gives Randy Orton something to do Randy Orton is someone who's always thrived when he's had like lackeys you know when with le- the days of legacy and even I wouldn't call I wouldn't call his evolution partners lackeys but he's always thrived with people around him yeah and so I, I think that this is helping everyone involved and it's a good it's a good pairing good trio rather yeah I think it I think it's a nice little trio as well um I don't really know what happens here. I'd assume New Day just retain the championships, but really this is probably one that could go either way. I I, I like the New Day. I think that the end of the Randy Orton revival unit will happen when this rumored, you know, the brand extension comes back and the the wild card rule is done away with. I think the revival will stay on Raw. So I, I think Randy Orton stays on SmackDown. So I do think that that, that that unit is short-lived, and I think the New Day retains just because they're going to keep the belts on them for uh, October. Fair enough. Which is I can... rapidly approaching. Holy shit. It is, what, the September the 12th here in Australia, because I'm in front of you, but... Um... Yeah, September, September 11th here. Oh, yeah, so very... Hey, never forget what happened... Uh, in 2001, I remember where I was when I woke up and my mum was kind of trying to explain to me what kind of went down with 9-11, but um, that is a very significant day in not just America's history. I don't think people realize that that was a, that was, that was, there was the impact was felt on the world. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, 
I, I remember where I was. I was I, I and again I'm gonna plug my blog here because I wrote about it earlier today. But I remember being in in kindergarten uh, and having like the teacher from across the hall come in and say, "Turn on the news." And you know, I I remember very vividly, despite being only five years old. Um, it was just a, a hectic scene. I didn't really I, didn't, I couldn't really comprehend what was going on. Yeah, I was the same. I, was I just the same knew that. You say. Yeah, I just knew everyone was very, very upset mm. and something bad had happened. And then, of course, obviously, as I've aged, I've I've learned the significance of it and how dark it was. One of the darkest days in world history. Yeah. Uh, but you never certainly never forget. And just it's it's still so unfathomable to think it even happened 18 years later. Yeah, I know. It's a um, it's a. I uh, just, it just, I remember because it kind of happened overnight in Australia time. So we woke up to the news and mum was kind of in the kitchen. I remember we're eating breakfast and she was trying to be like, okay, so this is what's kind of happened. Obviously not telling me every single detail and me not really being able to understand it anyway, being five or six years old. So I was like, I really know what's going on here. But obviously as I've gotten older, I kind of know what happened on that day and what was the kind of deal with all of that. But a very dark day a very um historical day in in it's just it's never we'll never forget that day and where it's kind of led to today and all the stuff that's happened in between it but um not a you know it's just a everyone kind of remembers where they were on that day no matter the age unless you weren't alive but i mean everyone kind of remembers where they were that day even if you were a kid so um yeah never forget that day but um Back onto the task at hand here is the fact that we've got... So we've got, so you think Big E and Xavier Woods will retain. I'm probably going to go with that. October's ra- uh, rapidly approaching. We've got... Man, October's going to be a big month for wrestling. Holy moly. I hope that draft is... Uh, I hope we do get the draft and I hope we do go back to the brand split because you and me have talked about this, I mean, so many times that we think a brand split is better, but if they're not going to do it, let's just stop pretending and just end it but i think i think the brand split is the way to go i did see something floating around today about announced teams kev and the fact that they are thinking about going to two-man announce booths again which i'm all for with the fact that michael cole they want on smackdown and vic joseph on raw they must really like vic. i mean i think vic is great me too they, but they must really be putting a lot of faith in him to have him run the flagship show is it the flagship? Uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. SmackDown's on Fox. SmackDown's going to be the big money show now. So I think what the broadcast team, if they're going to go two people booths, I think it's going to be Michael Cole and Renee on SmackDown, and I think it's going to be Vic Joseph and Graves on Raw. Tough break for Tom Phillips, huh? Yeah. I mean, he'll probably, I don't. I don't know what he'll do, but... I don't think Tom's all that wonderful anyway. I think Vic's better than Tom, to be completely honest with you. Um, I like Vic and Tom. Yeah, I like I like Vic. And Vic and Graves would be a fun little unit, and I think Renee would shine more in a two-person booth than a three. Yeah, she'd get more chances to actually speak. Yep, and not just be... A three-man booth is hard, because that third person is just one that kind of just adds little tidbits here and there and be like, oh, here's my two cents, but like can't overshadow the color commentator, which would be 
Graves in her situation, and you don't want to overshadow the play-by-play person, which is Michael Cole. But I think Cole can guide Renee so much more. And I think with... I think... Well, I've seen little things kind of pop up on Twitter that Fox are high on Renee Young because they wanted to host this studio show they're going to have, and I think that's where she flourishes anyway. But I think to have her on SmackDown with Cole, I don't... don't know about you that might not be the case at all this could be completely wrong but i kind of like the sounds of those two commentary teams yeah that, those i hey I'm, I'm cool with those man uh they just added someone new to, t- I, to 205 live i just i saw i don't remember his name me either uh, it's like it's like dio madden or something something like that uh, yeah. so they're shaking up the commentary teams they took nigel mcginnis off at 205 um, I haven't watched NXT. I couldn't. NXT is what? It's still Morrow, Nigel, and Beth Phoenix, right? That's correct. And they're going to be going live um, in full at uh, full sale every week. So I think that's why Nigel was taken off of two hundred five. Is to oh be... yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense because he's going to have to be traveling a lot otherwise. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I like Ronaldo Phoenix and uh, McGinnis. I like that combo. They're a good. They're a good unit. Um, I think a lot of people aren't really a fan of Beth Phoenix on commentary, but I actually think she's good. With the difference with her and Renee is that Beth has, she's been in the ring. So she kind of knows what she's talking about. So I feel like the end of the day, people are going to be less hard on Beth than Renee because, well, Beth's done this. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Beth, and I think Beth is a fine commentator. That's just really good in the Mae Young Classic. I think she has a lot of room to grow, but I think there's that's with anybody. Start. She's only been commentating for what really she started what a year ago, two years ago, maybe. I, I don't know when Beth first got on on the commentary team, but she she has a lot of potential to be really good. I think, and it's a good job for her. It's, it gets her in the wrestling world. We get to see more of Beth, and she's always hovering around. So you never know when she's gonna wrestle again because Beth I don't think people realize that Beth Phoenix retired at like legit like in her mid 30s like she's she's only in her like she's only like 37 or 38 years old I know yeah and well and that and that's pretty par for the course I feel like for women in professional wrestling is that they retire not early but they still are so it's not that they retire early but they are so young and, and that's true of male wrestlers too it's like you don't always go till you're forty or fifty like some guys do. A lot, of, I'd say, the average wrestler is probably out of it by the, their, their mid thirties. Yeah, and I mean, you look at Trish Stratus who just came back. She's only in her early forties, so she and she retired in two thousand and six. So I mean, like, not that age is really that much of a factor. Like, okay, it gets to a point where you're like sixty years old and you probably can't do this anymore. But look at Taker. I understand I Taker's anyway. Taker is older and he isn't he's not as uh, as as good as he used to be but it's not like taker is going in there at at whatever his age is and you know with the exception of maybe goldberg it's not like he's putting on horrible matches he's still the undertaker and he can still get it done (laughs) yeah he's not geriatric he's not he's not out there with a walker and a cane he still could go yeah. Just not at the level he used to. Anyone who like thinks that he should be going at the same level as he did back in the mid two thousands, early two thousands is just stupid. I yeah, mean, I agree. That's just not how age works. Not no, how the not how life works. No, 
Um, well, anyway, moving on. We got Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman taking on Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. Now, Braun and Seth will get to their story with the Universal title in a minute. But, um, I mean, this is a... I mean, I'm all for Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode being a team. Every team has to start somewhere. We've kind of gone over that. But um, there's not really too much to break down in the terms of the tag team portion of this. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Seth and that when we go with the Universal. But who do you think walks away tag team champions here? Because um, I guess the easy money would just be say, like, let's just have Ziggler and Roode win the titles here. But eh, who knows what will happen. I can't see them keeping the belts on Rollins and Strowman. I don't. I. I don't think they should have got the belts in the first place. Probably not. I think there are better teams that could be in this spot other than Ziggler, but I do think Ziggler wins. Yeah. All right. For for argument's sake, I'll just go Seth and Braun. For argument's sake. Um, are you trying to argue? Sure. Why not? I don't really. Honestly, like I don't really care about this match. <laughs> No, neither do I. I don't really care about Rollins and Strowman, uh, as a matter of fact. To be not honest, to me, to, to be, me either. So why not? Let's just get that out of the way now. Universal title, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman. Um, Who gives a shit? I don't know. I mean, I couldn't see Seth Rollins losing this match. Could you? No, I don't think Rollins loses. I think I said this on this show. Um... I may have not said it on this show. I may have just said it on Twitter or something, but I'm going to say it now. I don't think Braun Strowman ever holds the world championship. Oh, no, you said that on here, and I was like, that's a hot take. But um, Yeah, well, I'm sticking to it. I don't think he wins here. I don't think he wins it ever. Yeah, well, it seems to be we're going with The Fiend at Hell in a Cell. Um, who knows? Maybe Bray will attack Braun and Seth in this match, and it ends in a no contest. And we get a triple threat, cool. triple threat Hell in a Cell match at Hell in a Cell. A triple threat Hell in a Cell match. Eh? No? Not feeling that or? Not really. I'd rather see Seth and the Fiend straight up. <laughs> like how you I don't like it. Strowman very much. I, I'm anymore. not a big Strowman guy. I used to be, but they fucking, you know, had he has so many chances at this championship that I'm just like, who gives a shit? It's like Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe has had so many chances at the title. It's like we know that he's not going to win when he's in the title match. Yeah, he's the biggest loser, Samoa Joe. They position him as someone who just loses title matches all the time. Yep. Same with Strowman. But uh, whatever. He's not even on this card, Samoa Joe. I'm just realizing now. He's not at all. Um, There's a lot of people missing from this card, actually. But Hell in a Cell is like fucking three weeks after... um, it's at the very start of October. I think it's the week before, like it's like the the weekend before SmackDown goes to Fox, I think, or it might be the weekend after. No, I think it's the weekend before. Let me check. Hell in a Cell. It should be the weekend before. Hell in a Cell. I've got all caps, caps lock on. Whoops. Um, Hell in a Cell. Oh no, October 6th. So it's like the weekend after SmackDown goes to Fox. It's in Sacramento, okay. California. Oh. Huh, not really a wrestling town. Oh, and then the next pay-per-view after that is Crown Jewel. Uh, yeah. Is it in Saudi? Yeah. That blows. October 31st. Halloween. I don't celebrate Halloween, but, well, That's... Halloween isn't a thing in Australia, really. 
Oh, is it not? That sucks. Not really. Like, me, somewhat, somewhat I mean, some people do, but it's not really like a I'm, big deal. I mean, I'm 23 years old, so Halloween's clearly not the big deal it used to be, but Halloween used to be tight. I can imagine get, it being fun. Yeah, you get candy, you get to dress up and scare the shit out of people. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm down for that. Um, But yeah, so we got Hell in a Cell coming up after Clash of Champions, so well, it's been made pretty well known that the Fiend's going for the championship, whether it's Strowman or Rollins. So I think we're both on Team Rollins here. Um, I'll go Team No Contest just because we'll probably get a triple threat out of this. Um, moving on, though, here, here's something we can really sink our teeth into. Roman Reigns is taking on Eric Rowan in a no disqualification match. Now, for months, someone has been trying to murder Roman Reigns, and it turns out it was Eric Rowan. Um I'm shocked that the guy who was a bludgeon brother, a Wyatt family member, and an all-around bad dude was trying to murder somebody. Um, it didn't work. Just uh, if anyone is living under a rock, it, it, it didn't work. Uh, Roman Reigns is still alive. Roman Re- He's still alive. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I'm at a loss for words with this match. How? Uh, what the fuck's going through your brain with this match. Are you interested? No, this is another one I don't give a shit about. <laughs> I don't give a shit about a lot of this card, actually. This is not the best card, in my opinion. Um, I, I know that it's like the, the, the championship pay-per-view, but I'm not really too into a lot of these feuds. Um, and this one isn't even a title match. This is like... This this match has but to deliver But it's no DQ. To- Come on. They're giving you everything. Kevin. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, and I like Rowan. I should say, uh, maybe I am. Maybe I am a little bit into this match because I've always liked Eric Rowan. Uh, I thought he was underrated. Roman Reigns is great. This could be really good. Roman Reigns does have a history of having really good like stipulation matches. I rem- remember he had a last man standing match with the big show that everyone thought was going to be terrible. I forget what pay-per-view it was, but it turned out to be really good. So this match will probably surprise some people, actually. You know what? I just sold myself on it. Yeah, good job. I'm, I'm, I was never not into it, but um, is this still leading to Roman and Daniel Bryan? I, I don't, it, are we it, scrapping it, that? Because, uh, it, I'll say something. Um, I know live events isn't something you can always look into, but the Australian live events that are coming up was originally Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. However, that's been changed to Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens, and Roman Reigns is taking on Eric Rowan. Is that a sign of things to come? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they just don't want to give away a big money match on a live event. That's true. Well, if only they would make a, a pay-per-view again come to Australia like last year. Uh-huh. That's why I'm yes, not fucking going. Because it's, that chance. it's fucking $400 for a ringside seat to a live event. Is it Jesus Christ? It's usually like three hundred bucks, but it's four hundred dollars this year. Four hundred dollars. I was like, "Fuck that!" Because I'm not at work. I have like time off in October. Pretty much every year, I take like three weeks off of work. So I'm like, I didn't. I wasn't working. I could have flown to Melbourne to go to this show, but it would cost me an arm and a leg, and I'm not doing that after going to Super Showdown last year because it just doesn't compare. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, you've been to, like, the mecca of wrestling in Australia. Going to just a live event is going to feel like such a step down. 
Mm-hmm. I was a part of fucking 70,000 people in a stadium. There's no way I can just go unless it's like, you know, like an arena for like a pay-per-view or like a Raw or a SmackDown because I've never been to one of those. I'm not going for a live event. Get out of here. I'm not wasting my money on that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not fucking worth it. Um, anyway, uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. We got Bailey taking on Charlotte Flair in her hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina, Queen City. Um, now, Bailey's had quite the uh, couple of weeks, you could say. A bit of a shift. We talked about Bailey last week on this show, aligning with her loyalty to Sasha. But how do you feel a week after all this has happened? After that, holy shit, that incredible tag team match the four horsewomen had on Raw. It was an absolute banger of a match. It was really freaking good. Um, Bailey lost to Charlotte on Raw, so in Wrestling 101 logic, I guess that means Charlotte's losing. Yeah, I had Charlotte pencil in to lose even before the match, because uh, I think a lot of people think Charlotte's going to win, but I think Bailey retain. I think Bailey retains, and she looks really strong doing it. Hmm. Okay, so I, I think Bailey retains as well, because... Okay, so we had this four horsewomen match on Raw. I think the four horsewomen get split up in the draft if we have one. Because I think that Bailey and Becky go to SmackDown. Sasha and Charlotte are going to be on Raw. Is Ooh. That, is that... I don't know. I just feel like that's like... Bailey, Bailey and Becky is one we haven't really seen. Nope. And I think that and we haven't seen fun. Sasha and Charlotte for three years, and it was so good when we did see it. I don't think anyone would have a problem with that. So that's why I think, well, we'll just talk about the Royal Women's title as well while we're here, because it all kind of, you know, mixes in with another. Um, I think Bailey re- retains, and I think Banks beats Becky. Hmm? Uh, yeah. No, yeah, that's what I think, too. I, I think that we're, we're on a uh, somewhat of a... Collision course for Survivor Series with Bailey and Banks. Mm. Mm. Um, how are you feeling about Bailey going into like coming off of last week, going into Clash of Champions? I mean, she's love Bailey. Me too. I'm glad that, that there's something different. I'm glad that she's still kind of the same character with this kind of like she's like she had these backstage promos like those dot com exclusives, and she was like. Like, ever, like, Kathy Kelly was like, what do you think about, like, what Ember Moon said to you? Because, like, Ember Moon on SmackDown was like, you know, what are you doing? Attacking Becky with the chair is not the right... You know, typical babyface shit. Um, and, you know, Bailey was like, I'm just trying to elevate the SmackDown title and the SmackDown women's division and blah, 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 blah. But in a Dot Com exclusive, she was basically, like, kind of like this cocky, like, delusional heel where she was like, I am a role model. What are you talking about? I'm like... This is what I'm here for. She's basically the same character, but it's, like, delusional. And it's, like, I'm still doing all this, you know, like, the Bailey fucking wacky things are there. And I'm still doing, like, the the things, but no one's really playing along. But, like, it's kind of cool like that. I'm kind of glad she's still the same character, essentially. Yeah, I think it's going to be part of a slow burn type of turn. Like, I think she's going to get... She's going to turn into that delusional character because she's going to keep doing the same things, but the crowd's going to turn on her like they are. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how she turns, that she's going to like just lose her shit because they're not cheering for her anymore. You do realize how over she would get if she did that. Yeah. She'd probably be 
you know, heavily cheered when she loses her mind. Because I think Bailey has more than what Bailey's been presented for this whole time we've seen her. I think she could play that kind of batshit crazy character. So do I. I think we just need a chance to see what she could do with a character other than the one we've seen for the last mm-hmm. five years. Yep. Um, I think not a lot of what and what not a lot of people have been discussing is the fact that we are guaranteed with two really good matches out of Becky and Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte. These four, the four horsewomen. I mean, these combinations of the four horsewomen with these. Bailey and Charlotte Flair have really good matches in the past. Becky and Sasha have really good matches in the past. And I don't think this is going to be, you know, any different. Especially with Bailey and Charlotte, with Charlotte being in Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, no. And again, any combination of the four horsewomen is going to deliver you a good match. I don't nope. think we've seen a bad one between nope. any of the four. Nope. And these are two combos that we haven't seen in a while. We haven't really seen Bailey and Charlotte since. Ah, uh, we've seen them once. I mean, we got I guess down, but and it was good. It kind of reminded us of how good those two work, work like together. Because yeah, I don't Becky. feel like people talk about them yeah. two enough working because they. And we haven't seen Becky time. and Sasha oh, since God. they were both on uh, since before the original brand split. Yeah, it was like when they were like Team Bad and stuff like that. Becky and Sasha used to wrestle like every week, I feel. But there was never like a bad thing. They always had like okay, like everything was good. But I mean, if you look back to their NXT stuff, whoo, that was good. That was that was some good ass shit. That was good. <laughs> Marvelous. Um, so I I feel like I'm going Bailey over Charlotte. I'm going Banks over Becky. Where are you going with this? I, I agree with you. I, I I would I would differ, but I just can't. I, I agree with you on both counts there. Bailey over Charlotte, Banks over Becky. Two really good matches were pretty much. Sasha's good. too hot right now to, to squander it by having her lose. I, I, I think she wins. Um could you see okay, so I had this weird kind of I don't it seems a little far fetched for it to happen, but at Hell in a Cell, could we see Bailey and Banks being the champions in a tag team match against Becky and Charlotte, where it's winner kind of like, you know, if Charlotte, if Charlotte and Becky win, it's like Bailey and Banks defending their championships in kind of like a winner take all situation in a hell in a kind of like match. Well, basically like what we saw with Seth and Becky versus Lacey yeah. and Baron. So like a winner take all hell in a cell tag team match where it's, you know, Banks defending against, like, if Becky and Charlotte win, Becky gets the Raw title and Charlotte gets the SmackDown title. Could you... Could that it's be... It's possible. That Maybe. would be a huge retention, too, for Sasha and Bailey because they would win that match, I think. Yeah, and I think it would be a something different. It would be a cool way to have kind of the four horsewomen kind of face off inside Hell in a Cell, and it's a cool way to get both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships elevated to the same level. Yeah, and it's a good way to use this. It's a great way to use the cell too, because like we got to see the horsewoman in the cell. I know we saw Sasha and Charlotte in there, but like all four of them in there, that is money. And I feel like it's bigger to have both all of them in there than just maybe Becky or Sasha. Yeah, no, you you got to capitalize on like you have a little mini feud going with all of them. You have to capitalize on Promotes that. the game because of that game that's coming out with the four horsewomen storyline, which they always like to promote. The, the 2K games when they're kind of coming out, which it comes out 
the end of October, so this would be a good way to promote the video game. It'd be a good way to promote the fact that all four horsewomen are making kind of history with a, you know, first ever women's tag team, Hell in a Cell, winner take all. It's a huge main event. Sacramento, is that where Bailey's from? No, she's from San Jose, isn't she? She's from San Jose, which is like close, I think. So, you know, it's a, it, I mean, it probably won't happen, but if it does, I feel like WWE should definitely pay me. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, the only other thing we've got to talk about is the WWE Championship. Kofi and Randy. Um, well, they wrestled at SummerSlam. It ended in, what, a DQ? Double countout? Yeah, I think Kofi got disqualified. Yeah, he hit him with a kendo stick, yeah? Yeah, and retained the belt. So, Which... As much as I as much as I would have preferred to see that happen earlier and have the SummerSlam match be like the blow off to the feud, I like that they extended it because it is a good feud. Yeah, I, I think it is too. I think they had like a cool little moment on SmackDown. It was kind of like a you know alluding to the like a recreation of the MSG ten years ago because of course we're on SmackDown. We're in MSG this week, um, but Kofi did the kind of like the boom drop off of the gate. Fence, railing, I don't know what you call it. Guardrail? Yeah, sure. Guardrail. Yeah, um, did that. It was cool. Um, I don't know. Could Randy Orton win it here? Maybe, but I don't see it. I, I You would assume that this would probably go to Hell in a Cell, but uh, who knows? Yeah, I could see it going in the cell. Um, do you think? Who do you think wins? In the cell or now? Right now. I'm asking you right the f*** now. Probably Kofi. See, here's my thing, is that I feel like if it goes to the cell, I don't think it, I honestly don't think it extends to the cell. Unless Randy wins. What about if Kofi was to win here with like a roll-up? Maybe. And Randy goes berserk. Randy goes nuts, starts, you know, beating the shit out of Kofi, like Kofi beat the shit out of him at SummerSlam, and then they're like, ah, these can't be contained, it's time to go inside the cell. Could be. Could be. How many cell matches do you think we're going to get, though? We should have every match on the card inside a cell. (laughs) Not really. Wouldn't that just make sense, being it's the hell in a cell? It really fucking would, wouldn't it? Why not just have every match inside the cell and just have it... Like, I think Too much it, sense. It's like we don't get Hell in a Cell matches really any other time of the year. Why not just have this be the exclusive Cell event where just everything takes place inside of the Cell? Didn't TNA used to do lockdown and every match was inside a cage? Yeah, lethal lockdown. So they why not just have every match inside the Cell? I mean, some people will be like, it devalues the match, but at the same time, you could still have normal wrestling matches inside of the cell. You could have different kinds of Hell in a Cell matches that aren't just spot fests, I guess. Yeah, yeah. no, you can have, an idea. You know, like, college-driven, spot-driven, you know, wrestling-driven. Yeah, you can have all these different kinds of cell matches, but it would make sense. It would probably, you know add something to the pay-per-view, because usually you only get, like, two or three cell matches in one night, yeah? Usually? I think we get... I think we get three. I think the women go in the cell. Um, God. Rollins and... The more I think about it, the more your tag team idea makes sense. 
I but think it, the, I just don't know if it's going to happen, but I would like it to happen. I know it's a bit. Think, it's probably a bit of a stretch. Do you think Rollins and the Fiend gets the cell? I don't know if they need the cell. They probably would. Well, you would. Ass- well, I just assume they would. Didn't? Did they? Say, I don't know. I would assume they would. I don't know. Mm, but anyway, um, uh, I'm just going to go Kofi with this match. I'm going to go Randy Orton. All right. That's fine by me. I really don't mind. I don't hate Randy. So if Randy's the champ, it really doesn't affect me. I'm like, okay, cool. Randy's the champ. But um, who knows? Overall, Clash of Champions will probably probably be all right. Are you going to be able to watch Clash of Champions? Or are you working? I mean, I'll watch it at work. Not fair. Um, I don't know. What do you think steals the show? Probably, I mean, I probably know your answer. Probably Styles and Cedric, yeah? I like Styles and Cedric, and I like Becky and Sasha. Well, I'm just going to go Bailey and Charlotte just to be different. Oh, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you. Bailey and Charlotte. It's in Charlotte's hometown, so the crowd will be nice and alive for it. Yeah. Um, Unless but, but who fucking knows? I don't know about Charlotte, North Carolina. I, I can't remember if they're like hot or not. I don't know if they're a hot crowd. Who who really knows? Nonetheless, it'll probably, it, honestly, it does. It's not. It won't be a, it on paper. It doesn't look like a bad show. There's a few things that I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. But um, I'm kind of ready for October to come around. To be completely honest, I'm I'm ready for SmackDown yeah, on Fox. This feels like a placeholder almost to get us to October. And I think Helena Cell will be better. On the, yeah, this is the final stop on the fast lane to October. Ooh, um, hey. Something that is happening next week is that NXT goes to USA, so that's exciting because I'm going to start watching NXT every week. Yeah, that that should be good. And guess who has Wednesdays off typically? Uh, Me. Kevin. Kevin does. So I'll be able to watch at least through football. Oh my god, it's this time next week. Yeah. Shit. Well, there you go. And then we've only got a few more weeks of, you know, SmackDown. Not being on a on shitty... And then being on a fucking Saturday morning for me. Ugh. Just going to be the shits. Um, yeah, anyway, that was our Clash of Champions rundown. We weren't very informative because whatever, but you got the gist of it. It's Clash of Champions. Clash of Champions is a show that is happening. It's certainly right. Um, Wait, what about the Cruiserweights? Oh my god, did I forget the Cruiserweight title match? You forgot the Cruiserweight. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Here. Uh, I in te- page I'll break up. it down in 30 seconds. <laughs> Drew Gulak taking on Lince Dorado and hum- Humberto Carrillo <laughs> in a triple threat match for the, cru- for the Cruiserweight Championship. Drew Gulak will win because... Uh, I cannot see Lince Dorado holding the belt, and I'm not sure who Humberto Carrillo is. I forgot the Cruiserweight title match. <laughs> oh, shit. That is a damning indictment of the of the Cruiserweight situation right now. It was which in sucks. front of I, me on this website. I love Gulak, but I just don't care about 205 Live. I can't even break this down because I'm laughing so much because I was literally looking at that match the entire time and just was like... Fuck it. <laughs> Screw it. Who cares? Nah, it'll be a good match too. It could potentially steal the show because they're all they're three talented it's dudes. Be I on do the know. Kickoff. It'll be on the kickoff. I do know who Carrillo is. I, I am. I want to say that. I actually mentioned him once on this show. 
I remember it very vividly. Awesome. I'm I'm just gonna go gulak. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gulak. The gulak. Um. Yep, I forgot the cruiserweights. Sorry, two hundred five live. Oh man, yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's just tough to see. Oh man, how embarrassing. Oh well, well, I guess that's the end of the show. <laughs> the end of the show. We forgot the cruiserweights. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week on what will be a, like, well, well. Wait a minute, Kev. Is the oh, next shit. time we talk? Are we gonna? No, we're gonna have to do this before NXT on USA. We could go back to doing it my morning time. Well, that's true. We could just record straight after NXT. Mm. Could we? Yeah, mm. we can do that. Mm. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But nonetheless, we'll be back around NXT time to talking to each other. But you hear us on Fridays. So what we're saying to you right now is completely irrelevant. So um, we'll catch oh, you guys right. next. And I forget sometimes <laughs> so on Fridays. <laughs> we'll see you guys next Friday on Wrestling Reverb. Peace out, everyone. <laughs>